0: fashion isn't frivolous. It's it's there for a reason. It communicates who we are. And for me, that's kind of like, you know, you go to someone, you go to a healer who does tarot, you go to a healer who does Reiki, you go to a healer or a nutritionist, you know, who helps you eat better, align your body. For me, it's just like you come to me, we align your energy and we align your self-expression along with that. Welcome to the Our Nature Podcast with me, Alyssa
1: Benjamin. Our nature explores the methods, systems, and practices that bring us into greater alignment with the natural world. The opportunity to live a more joyful and harmonious existence is available to each of us right in this very moment. So join me and let's rediscover what comes naturally. Hello. Hi there. Welcome to this week's episode of the Our Nature podcast. If you are joining me for the first time, hello. My name is Alyssa Benjamin, and I started this podcast to shepherd us back to nature in a way that feels gentle, inclusive, accessible, and hopefully fun. So far in the podcast, we've covered everything from Ayurveda to foraging, from feng shui to Rastafari. I want to both dive deep into a particular topic, but also pull out small, simple ways that each of us can live in more harmony and alignment with the natural world. I've been receiving emails, DMs, and texts from people who have felt inspired to take action or try something new as a result of the podcast, and I wanted to thank you so much for reaching out and letting me know how our nature has affected your life. I'm incredibly inspired by your inspiration, and I hope that our nature will continue to open your eyes and heart to the natural world that exists all around us. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review it. I would really like to grow this community and share this podcast with a larger audience, so the ratings and reviews give me the potential to land on the new and noteworthy list on Apple Podcasts which would be incredible if it happens because that means the podcast could reach many more people that I don't know yet. If not, that's also okay too because I'll just keep putting out the content that I believe in with the faith that the community will grow as it needs to grow. Okay, enough about all the business stuff. Let's talk about this week. I've definitely felt an energetic shift since we entered Leo season right after Mercury retrograde. Maybe it's the fact that it's also summer, which is Pitta fire season in Ayurveda, but I've definitely noticed this powerful shift into action and I'm feeling it in a good way. One action that I've taken is I've started to create a daily ritual around going to the river every afternoon during golden hour, which is happens just as the sun is about to set. I live very close to the Hudson River Park on the west side of Manhattan, and so watching the sunset in the early evening has been super cooling and calming for my physical body and for my emotional well-being. Speaking of well-being, I also want to address an aspect of wellness that I've personally been working through, and it's all about restrictions or how we give up certain things so that we can be healthy because I have a lot of digestive issues that I'm working with, I have to restrict my diet quite heavily. So no dairy, gluten, garlic, or onions. I don't eat nightshade vegetables. And it's not only socially difficult to have all of these restrictions, especially because I live in New York City, it's meant that I've started to feel really uninspired by my food and eating in general. I've gotten in this frame of mind that as long as I have these restrictions, food has to be functional and medicinal, and it no longer can be pleasurable in a sense. It's like I've become so focused on what I can't do or what I can't eat that I've forgotten that eating and cooking is supposed to bring joy and you're supposed to you can eat for, for the taste of things and for the experience. And the funny thing is the food that I've been eating hasn't been helping my health issues because I haven't felt energized or emotionally nourished by eating it. And so recently I met with my Ayurvedic teacher and I was telling her about this lack of joy around eating. And she challenged me to make a list of five different options for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And make the list with foods that are both balancing for the physical ailments that I'm that I'm trying to treat, but that also are delicious. So she said they have to taste good, Alyssa. <laughs> and in Ayurveda, taste is actually so important for health. And I somehow had forgotten that. And I guess what I want to communicate is that you can eat all and do all of the right things. You can take all the herbs and eat healthy and go to bed early and avoid alcohol. But if you're not enjoying the process, if you feel like it's a punishment rather than a nourishment, you'll have a really hard time experiencing the benefits of all these things that you're doing. It's really not about you know the mind-body connection of getting your mind right so your body can heal because... The mind and body are not separate. So they're really one in the same. So if you're feeling healthy in your mind, your body will follow suit. So I think I was really missing that that piece of the equation when it came to my health. So this is a perfect segue into this week's episode, which is all about auras. I love the concept of aura energy because auras are an energetic representation of our beingness. Susanna Merrick is an aura reader, which means she sees different aura colors around people, a gift that she's had since childhood but only recently embraced, as most of us tend to do. Her company, Auraware, offers readings where Susanna uses her intuitive gifts to share ways that we can more deeply understand our unique energy and how to use clothing and color to enhance and or balance these energies. Susanna's worked with Goop, with Jenny Kane, with Garmentory, and she's been featured in Office Magazine and Culture Trip. In this episode, we dive into the colorful world of aura energies. You'll learn what happens during an aura reading, what each aura color means, how Susanna finally embraced the fact that she could read auras, the word prophecy was involved and how auras work from a scientific perspective for all of those skeptics out there. This episode is for anyone who has shied away from their gifts or resisted their calling, who has wondered what aura colors are all about, maybe who's had an aura photograph, a colorful aura photograph, or who's interested in seeing the world through an energetic lens versus something much more literal. Susanna is an incredible storyteller, and her magenta aura energy makes this episode So engaging and fun. So, here we go with Susanna Merrick. Hi, Hi. Susanna. (laughs)
0: How's it going?
1: Good. Welcome to the R Nature podcast. I'm really happy to have you.
0: I'm really happy to be here. That's great. I am.
1: Well, let's get started. I know you describe yourself as an aura reader. Yeah. What is that exactly?
0: It's funny. So I always say for my brand, it's very on-brand for me to say I'm an aura reader because I love color. I work with color. But, you know, the reality is anyone that's intuitive who is a reader has these abilities actually can read auras. They just read the energy that's around you. But there are specific things that colors tell us and specific things that are held in certain areas that communicate things. Um, For instance, like there's – I always say it's very – Um, I always say it's very much like sacred geometry, the way our energy flows. If you ever look at an, or a photograph, you always notice there's like this bright light coming out of the heart center. And then the energy always travels kind of over the left ear and over the top of the head and then out. Sometimes energies can like really take over the whole photo. Like oftentimes you can't even see the face because some things will be going on that are just like in the moment right then. But the energy travels over your left ear, over the top of your head, and then out. And I always say the energy kind of over your left ear, for me personally, this is where clairvoyant things will come through. This is where imagery happens. And I always say this is kind of like the values area, the area of like downloaded energies, other energies of other people. For instance, this is where I'll experience energy from someone who's a little bit intense that's in your life. Uh, The other day, I was with this boy, and I was like there's a woman in your life. She's intense. Um, So you get this big, bright orange energy around the space. And he's like, oh, I just had lunch with my mom. (laughs) You know, so these, and he's like, and oddly enough, she's a redhead. But she's very fiery and she's very uh, big and boastery and she was in his energy. And then as the energy goes over the top of your head, this is kind of more consciousness, thoughts, things that are more present for you. And that's what will come out for me, especially when people are talking. And then I always say as the energy is leaving you, it's like the garbage disposal. Because it's just a little bit of everything. It's your astral, emotional, you know. Just a little bit of all the energies, physical energy that's leaving your body. So does a person have three colors then? A person can have a lot of colors. And the colors can mean different things depending on if it's physical energy, if it's emotional energy, and what it means when it's held in certain areas. For me, it's just a matter of sensing it and listening to them, and then being able to identify what that energy means. So how would someone find out
1: about their aura color? Is this something that, do you get that from an aura photograph?
0: You can, but not always. I always say there's a color that everybody identifies with. And sometimes there's combinations of colors that we identify with. um, But those are the colors that I see pretty much immediately off someone and it really resonates from their heart center and around like their throat chakra Um, and these colors aren't just like pink or red or green for me they can be in many different shades and it's really just a matter of kind of sensing that energy feeling that energy and then communicating what that energy means for them and it usually aligns with who they are or what they're going through in that moment and I do believe you can have innate energy that is present with you throughout like your childhood and then your teenage years and even into your, you know, twenties. But I do think we all kind of have a big shift that happens. And I definitely think it happens hormonally as well for women. Um, But I think that's kind of the beautiful part is that we evolve as these, you know, feminine beings and our energy evolves as well. And I think, so, would it happen
1: during your solar return, perhaps? Is that when yeah. you see
0: the most changes? You in know, people? It's, it's funny because I'm like learning so much about like astrology and Ayurveda, which you and I talked about. Yeah. And how all of these things kind of connect. And it's so beautiful to me because really I'm just, I always say I'm like spirituality 101. You know, I'm just identifying what is present and what's there and just holding up the mirror. Mm-hmm. But the coolest part about all of it is that. It all intertwines and it's all connected, and your energy is changing with those those different times. But there are those parts of you that are you, mm-hmm. and are always you, and that you know those are where your values lie. That's where you know your credibility is. So, like your core essence, yeah, your basically core, your core essence, exactly. I would say innate energy, but innate energy, but core essence it sounds so much better. <laughs> Your whole
1: self. <laughs> well, so what happens during an aura reading? Can you walk us through what an experience would be like?
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's a little bit different for everyone. And I started my business almost a year ago. Now it'll be a year in July. And I always had these like kind of ideas of what I wanted the work to do. And it always was like rooted in my values first and foremost. So for me, Which I are, wanted, yeah, I wanted to oh, empower yeah. women. I wanted to cultivate and build community. I wanted to help women express themselves via their style, their fashion, um, and communicate a message to the world that isn't just, you know, "I I like this designer, or I like vintage, or whatever it may be. I wanted to find a way to take your essence and put it out there.
1: What happens during an aura reading?
0: So every session is a little bit different. And I always like to bring space to the table, space for whatever that client may need at that time. Because whenever someone's seeking me out, they're seeking out something in particular. And I, it's not my job to try to guess what that is. It's my job to hold a safe space, a place for them to come, and a place for them to kind of release this information and to seek help with it or to seek guidance on it. Um, and sometimes that's more more in the fashion realm. Sometimes that's more in the spiritual realm. Sometimes it's just about connecting them back to themselves and their energy. You know, just being reminded of who you are. I think we walk around in a city where we're constantly just bombarded and stimulated by people and things and and messages. And I think sometimes it's just really helpful to sit with someone and just kind of, Be reminded of who you are and how people see you and experience you. And I will say, (laughs) I definitely have specific types of clients that come to me. I've never had someone I had to be like, whoa there, check your ego. (laughs) Like, you're too intense. Everybody comes to me with their own vulnerabilities and insecurities. And I like to be able to provide that space for them to open up and share and kind of, you know, re- reheal that part of themselves.
1: When you give a reading, an aura reading, at the end, you always give a mood board that has a specific color tie-in and also some advice about how to dress and what to wear. Why do you incorporate fashion into these readings and what can dressing
0: do for each of us? Yeah, so one of the things I was running into as a stylist was um, kind of the same thing when I would do personal styling or readings or closet cleanses is that everyone kind of had the same problem. If they weren't feeling good in life, their closet reflected it. They hated everything that was in their closet. It couldn't, didn't matter if you were a size 12 or size two, this was a problem across the board. So for me, it was about the same thing. And I wanted to fix this for myself because the exact same thing would happen. If I felt good about myself, my closet re- would reflect it, but I knew it was a matter of kind of turning it on its head and kind of getting down to the the parts of us, like re-examining who we are, holding up that mirror, saying, this is who you are. These are your energies. This is how the world experiences you. So how can we put a shirt on it, you know, and how, what color is going to make you feel best? So can are you we, dressing to balance your, balance, your yeah. aura? Balance, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To balance your energy, to bring it out, you know, to... To almost just like fluff and buffet, you know, like mm-hmm. say, these are the parts of you and dressing and style. We have such, it's such a gift that we have, especially here, like we're in the United States. You want self expression. Yeah, self expression. And I think there's this kind of like, there's this two, ro- there two roads you're supposed to pick in middle school. It's either like you're really fashionable or you're not. <laughs> And then it's like, you identify with that. And it's really a problem. Because if I meet women, they're either like, great, love it, but you know, feel like a little torn about what to wear when. Or they're like, oh no, 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 I'm not a fashion person. Oh no, oh no. But the reality is we all are. And fashion isn't frivolous. It's it's there for a reason. It communicates who we are. And for me, that's kind of like, you know, you go to someone, you go to a healer who does tarot, you go to a healer who does Reiki, you go to a healer, or a nutritionist, you know, who helps you eat better, align your body. For me, it's just like you come to me, we align your energy, and we align your self expression along with that. Cool. Yeah.
1: That makes sense.
0: I love it. So, can
1: you do a little preview for the show about an aura reading? What would you describe are the
0: colors of my aura, for example? We've talked a little bit about this too. So we've talked a little bit about like how you have this magenta energy, which is this is we talked about more about your innate energies and then we talked about energies that and were innate present. energies are the ones that are your heart in the yeah. in the heart center. Yeah, in your heart center. Just kind of like who you are day in and day out. You know, I always say magenta energy is like the true the true deep like Artists, the the like nonconformists that go to the beat of your own drum. The kid that like kind of would play by themselves sometimes, but would still be very extroverted. You know, the kid that would seek joy and pleasure out of the smaller things in life, and in return, as they grow older and become an adult, their their crafts are always very creative, very interesting, very dynamic, very outside the box, and it simply just comes down to a A little tiny energy that starts in you as a kid. You know, what lights you up? What makes you excited? You know, there are other children, there's yellow energy. Yellow energy is an energy that a lot of children will have and it will will grow and change. Mm. And sometimes it will stay with you. But it's a very optimistic energy, a positive energy, an energy that seeks education and learning and things like that. But um, yeah, so you have this kind of magenta-y, fiery, fun energy in you. Which That's exciting. <laughs> it's like you'll be the same at 75 that you were at 5. It's kind of the best thing about magenta is like it never really leaves you. Yeah, you said something, though,
1: that that I thought was interesting because I feel like I'm going through a really big transition yeah. in my life in so many ways. And you said that you felt like I was also transitioning energies. Can you talk about what yeah, we like. talked
0: a little bit about like it, it's interesting because again like you talked we talked about the physical energies, the emotional energies that were present. We talked about, you know, your transitioning, you're going through. And I remember I remember there was like some green in yours, like almost like a line of green, which we talked about. Yeah, and just for the audience, I had a reading with Susanna, (laughs) and that's what
1: she's referring
0: to. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, right now you have great energy and its present, but I think there's something really special about when we sit down in that session because it's like an onion, you know? Like the layers start to peel away, the clothing starts to remove, you know, and then I'm able to see those parts of you. But it's funny because when I'll be in a group and of course like people are like, What do you do? I'm like, Oh, I I read auras for a living. (laughs) Yeah. And I almost say it in this very magenta y way where I'm like trying to be a little shocking, but also Mm -hmm. just I want people to know that, you know, like, yeah, this is what I do. And there's it's a process and it's a it's a labor of love. How do people react when you say that? It's mixed. You know, I've gotten more confident in it too. But it's usually the response of like, what's my aura say? (gasps) <gasps> well, what color is my aura? And in that case, usually, I'll be very honest, it's usually someone with orange energy because that's the number one energy that makes me go, like, in my shell. Mm. It's funny. I don't know why, but it does. But it's also the way it's said because mm. it's kind of said in this way, like, playful and fun. Like, they're curious, but also, like, they don't necessarily believe in it. Right? You know, there's just a very... They're testing st- you. Testing me, and it's fine, and I totally, like, I just play along. Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, you have to have a reading to find out, Yeah. you know, and if, and I've had some people that have done that and been more playful. And then when they've sat down with me, it's been a totally different ballgame. And I'll tell you a funny story. I had three women that were friends. I'm actually really good friends with one of them. Now it's kind of funny that came into an event I did and they all wanted to be present for their little mini readings. And I said, sure, that's fine. And um, they were all kind of laughing and poking fun. And there was one in particular who was like, she was really skeptical. And then she sat down in the chair and I just nailed every little thing. And I was like, you're this person. I was like, you're fiery, but you know what? Like, you're that friend that everybody can rely on no matter what. And when you're in, you're in. And it was just like all these things. And they're all just like, that is her. You know, and like, that's what I want to do in those little mini sessions is just remind you, even if you're being feisty or facetious or playful like I'm not here to judge I'm here to bring to light all the good that is in you
1: yeah I I love that because I think sometimes people are really afraid of any kind of reader or clairvoyant or astrologer because They've maybe had a bad experience with someone who told them something really damaging. or And I think so much of that is on the responsibility of the reader. Yeah, And
0: absolutely. if you're not
1: telling someone something that is going to lift their spirits or bring them hope or have them see a new opening or a new possibility, yeah. then I think you're not really doing your job because the point is not to really damage someone. Yeah. The point is to uplift someone in all exactly. of those. And I think if you have a, the responsibility if you have the ability to see things that other people don't, then you have the responsibility to be careful with what you're sharing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I think it's so important to hold that space and to say like, this is not not a place of judgment. You know, I am certainly the last person to judge anybody. (laughs) And like, I think like, I love just like being human with people sometimes and, you know, it's funny, I'll, I'll t- I, today I was like walking up to the coffee shop and I, I used to nanny in the neighborhood a lot and there was a mother that I knew from like a play group and she was totally struggling. It was like raining, she dropped her stroller, her kid just put her hand in something, you know, and all these people are staring at her on a bench and she's like dropping her bag on the street and I like, I saw her and I ran up and I like grabbed everything and I was trying to help her and I could totally tell that she was... Ashamed and uh, embarrassed, you know, cause I, I helped her and I just kind of like moved things to the side for her and she ran inside and, and it was just this moment of like, oh, but I I could see why that would be embarrassing, you know, but that was like, it's not who I am. It's mm-hmm. not my intention. Like my heart was just like, I want to help her. Yeah. You know, like, well, I think that's her own stuff. <laughs> oh, abso- absolutely. <laughs> but that's kind of what, again, this is what this work is all about. You have to want it. You yeah. have to want to learn and grow and expand. And if you're not in that place yet, then it's not going to serve you, you know? Well, so what would you say to
1: someone who is listening right now who yeah. is thinking, wow, this is a ton of bull crap. Like this person, <laughs> how does this person see... Energies, or how do you explain to someone who's maybe more scientific or rationally minded yeah. about this
0: idea of aura colors, or even just aura energies? You know, it's it's really funny because I've had my own journey with it for sure. Because as someone who innately has magenta energy in me, I question you question everything. You're you can be cynical. You can you kind of see all sides of it sometimes. But um, you know, my journey was interesting. So I took a job a few years ago working at a church. And I did it because I needed insurance like most of us do. And I came from a um, – my dad was a minister. And, I, you know, my mother was very, very ill growing up. and But she was very, very, very intuitive and would know things all the time and, like, predict things and say all these things. And, you know, it was just kind of normal at my house. And, you know, um, but spiritual gifts were not something that, like, were – In the church that I grew up in, it was very, like, study, learn, you know, memorize, live straight and narrow, and don't, like, you know, speaking in tongues was a tool that was used in the Bible to communicate because people were getting, like, stoned to death, and Mm -hmm. they needed a way to communicate that they were Christian to each other. Like, it, you know, but now it's more of a spiritual thing, and, you know, but anyways, the point is that I started working at this church, and they were definitely more on the spiritual end and, like, a little bit more, like, woo-woo. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to gift me with a reading from one of the top pastors. He was coming into town. And he gave me a reading. And I was like, oh, what is this? And they, they call it your prophecy, to have your prophecy given and read to you. And it's like a big gift. And I remember them telling me they wanted to do this. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know how I feel about this. A, they're going to see all the terrible things I've done and like fire me. Or B, it's just all a load of crap. Yeah. and. Like, what's the point? So I told my dad, and my dad said, just let him do it. Let it be a blessing. Let it be, uh, let it just, let it be a gift. So I go, and I get it, and all the the pastors from, like, all three of the churches are there, and, like, you sit down, and I sit down with this older man, and he's just, like, immediately as I sat down with him, I just felt, like, so at ease, but the whole time leading up into it, I was, like, this is really, like, I'm scared. He's going to see all these things that are happening. And I sat down with him, and he just, like, started to pull back my layers. And he said things, like, he knew things about my mom. He knew things about my life. He said he even knew my middle name. And, yeah. like, I never put my middle name on anything. Like, he was like, oh, you're like Rebecca in the Bible. Are you? What's your, what's your relationship to Rebecca? And I said, oh, that's my middle name. And it's spelled exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, he told me all these things, and he said, you... Are supposed to use your gift of prophecy, and then he stops in the middle of it and like prays this prayer, and it was like kind of weird. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my god, what's happening? And all the pastors start whispering, and I'm like, Oh god, what's happening? Does he know? Like, I'm a terrible person, like, because <laughs> I kind of come from a really bad background before that. And anyways, I uh, afterwards, everyone's like, This is amazing. You have the gift of prophecy. We're gonna send you to these conferences. We're gonna do do do. And I was like, Hold up, no. Nope, not my thing. And it really scared me. A lot of that stuff was scary to me. Because as a child... What kind of stuff? The prophecy stuff? Uh, just the spiritual realm, that world. Because I, I, I know it's very real. Yeah. I, you know, I've experienced it. I've felt it in many ways over the years. And I was taught in the church that, you know, it. there's one side, there's a light side and a dark side. And, you know, it, it's too much of a fine line and you shouldn't dabble with any of it and that's where my fear came in and so I was like nope not for me no thanks you know I want to stay here on this this realm this level this world and some things started happening and and I mean I'm not gonna unfold into that but I started to know things and see things and and I knew something about a friend and it was about a loss a physical loss that she had and um, how did you know? Well, so she was crying one day in the, in the office and I, I just went up to her and I comforted her and I put my hand on her leg and it's immediately put my hand on her leg. I heard as clear as day, she's going to have a loss and it's going to be physical. And I just mm-hmm. remember my my hand like moving away and immediately my like human brain was like, Oh my God, she's going to be sick like your mom or she's going to have cancer or like blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. and I was just like, let this go. Just let it go. And like, I let it go. Mm-hmm. And several weeks later, basically she told me, I said to her just randomly, I'm like, Oh, you're having another baby. And she's like, actually, yeah. And she's like, how did you know that? And I was like, I don't know how I know. I just, I don't know. I was you were having another kid. Yeah. Like I kind of played it off. And anyway, she goes, well, actually we haven't told anyone yet, but, um, I'm going in for my 10 week this Wednesday. And, you know, um, yeah, we we're, we're really excited. So anyway, she told me this and I didn't even think anything of it in that moment. And then after that, the next day I thought, Oh no, I, I no no, no, no. And then on Thursday that week I got like this long message from her that was like, Hey, so I just wanted to let you know that, you know, we went in for our appointment and we did lose the baby and, you know, um, we're okay everything's okay and i just wanted to know you, to let you know because we told you and you know strangely we really have peace over all of this yeah and so at that point i was like all right why like why did i know this i don't understand i was almost like mad mm-hmm. you know because it's like what what kind of yeah it seems like a i mean it's people
1: i think get excited by it but it also might be a real big burden and a r- responsibility to exactly. know these upsetting things or
0: Right. Well, and especially if you want to like use it in the right way. So I went to one of my pastors, and he's so funny. He's like an ex Phillies flyer, like hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's the coolest guy you'll ever meet. And uh, anyways, I went up to my said Pastor Adam, I'm like, what is the deal? Why do I know this? Like, I don't understand. You know, you know how I feel about like all this stuff. And he just laughed and he looked at me and he's like, Susanna, your gift is encouragement. Like, you're meant to tell her to encourage her because she's meant to know that, like, God was with her. And I could be okay with that. And mm-hmm. so he's like, you need to tell her. So it, like, took me some courage to finally tell her, and I told her. And she just, like, smiled and cried and hugs me. And she's like, you know, it's so weird, but after I saw you that week, I had already had all these worries and problems, and I'd had some physical things. And um, she's like, that day you saw me crying, I was just found out that morning and it was so scary because we just didn't think we could have another kid, you know, all these things. Yeah. And she's like, and it was interesting because it was just like, after I talked to you, I did have peace and we were okay. And like, we didn't really mourn this loss like we thought we would. Hmm. Um, and to know I, I had a small role in that made a big difference for me. And I was like, okay, I'm okay with this. And the moment I said I was okay with it, it was like the ethers opened. And it was like, okay, here's all this information. Here you go. So what types <laughs>
1: of information are you talking about? Like other than sh- seeing people's co- aura colors, what else do you see?
0: Yeah, sometimes it comes through clairaudiently, clairvoyantly. I'll see imagery. What, is, what are those things if people don't know? Yeah. So clairaudient is when you hear something very, very clearly, like a message, like a- words. In your head? In your head, but they're not necessarily like, they're so clear and they're so, they're almost like they're not your voice. Okay. And they come in and it's, you know how sometimes when you have a voice that's in your head or you think something or a thought comes to you. Is it your intuition? It can be your intuition. And sometimes it could just be your brain wrapping around the subject of the moment or whatever it may be. There is a difference though. and. The more I study, the more I kind of pay attention and I tune in, I can tell the difference. And that's why it's so important in readings that you take pauses. I mean, oftentimes I write things down in my reading, so I make sure that that information is meant for them. And, you know, sometimes I need just like personal cues from them or where, where is, this, is there other Are you talking about who's them, your guides my, Oh, no, my clients. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You're like, who are them? Um my so if like if I get something very very clear that I need to say I'll write it down and then I'll share that information mm-hmm. after knowing that it's it's really meant for them. Um but yeah, it's it's really about just and like do clairaudiently um clairvoyantly it's imagery, mm-hmm. symbolism, things like that that's meant to be given to people um do you ever tell
1: someone when they don't ask? Like, have you told someone something if you see it and,
0: uh, like out in like public or like like yeah, or just a friend if you're. It seeing. makes me think of like uh, Teresa Caputo, like yeah, when she's she, at the she I'm she walks at the deli, <laughs> and she'll
1: say, "Let me tell you about your grandmother."
0: Somebody did. Somebody here. Did somebody here lose a uh, an aunt? <laughs> somebody here. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's definitely been things like. I get very specific feelings around certain people and certain energy around certain people and knowing that I mean. Listen, it's as much as it's a gift. It's definitely a curse too, and um, you have to be able to like kind of put up that wall and protect yourself. But you know, it it's not. It doesn't happen that often though, and yeah. that's the good part. And the more I hone my gifts and It it makes it a lot easier. And the more I reach out to other like spiritual leaders and people that are mentors to me, they help me understand that, you know, how to kind of separate the two. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Back to the skeptic.
0: Yeah.
1: How again, what is an aura in essence? If someone's a scientist, like and they don't believe in this stuff or they think it's really well it's interesting. New age. What would you say?
0: Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of stuff out there actually on the science of auras. You know, auras have been documented since before time. Like it's it's like even if you look at paintings of like biblical, you know, Jesus, he had an aura, and like you look at these sure, leaders, right. and yeah, they auras are not. People have used words to ex- describe auras for a long, long time, and people feel it. You feel it when you're around someone. You know, you're reading an aura whether you know it or not. So I think that for the skeptic, I would say, look in, there's a wonderful um, report called The Leaf Phenomenon, and it was a study done at UCLA, I think in like the 50s or 60s, on, um, I'm going to say it wrong, Carolean photography. I always say it wrong. I'm like, (laughs) I should know. (laughs) We can put it in the show notes if you have the link. Yeah, we can definitely put some information in the show notes. Um, But this particular uh, type of photography was used with electronic plates to capture your energy. And what what happened is they would be hooked up to the camera and that's how you get an aura photograph. Anyways, there was a study happening at UCLA where they were taking different items and they were putting them between two glass plates and hooking them up to the same kind of um, technology and photographing all these things. And one and everything that ha- that is living has an aura. Yeah, that was like, my question. Do yeah. you plants have auras? Plants Do have animals? auras. Animals have auras. Do rocks, rocks can have auras. I mean, it's well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Like because of I, I crystals. Ha- I can honestly say though, I've never seen a rock with an aura.
1: Really? <laughs> so, okay. I don't know, <laughs> have, but you see <laughs> colors in plants sometimes. Oh or? yeah, I always
0: see yellow around plants.
1: Always, oh, always, interesting.
0: Always yellow. Sometimes, sometimes violet, but. I, I mean, I'd be interested to really kind of note more of that. I note a lot of stuff, just because again, I feel like I'm even so new to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so the they took a leaf and they photographed it in between these two plates. And what was so fascinating about this is that one of the scientists decided to to kind of trim off the top of the leaf and photograph it again because they wanted to see how the energy would shoot out of the leaf. Mm. And when they did this, they found that the aura of the leaf was still present as if the part of the leaf wasn't there, was there. It imprinted. Yeah. So even though you could kind of see in the picture, and it's so fascinating, we'll definitely put a link, you can see where the leaf was cut, but you can see all the energy, even to the veins of the leaf, where it was cut. So it remembered where it was. Hmm. So... I think there's something to really be said for that. You know, our physical and our spiritual bodies, like, you know, we have this ability to kind of use science to see it. And um yeah, I think I think that's what I would say to the skeptic. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Well the way I like to think about it is that we each have energy, they know that. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to study like quantum mechanics, mm-hmm. is studying the way that these energies interact and right. sort of feed off of each other like there there was a study that i don't i have to remember what it's called but where basically they had someone tap one edge of a field And the, you know, the grasses at the other, the end of a football field, like the grasses at the other end could feel that tapping. It's just, you know, and if energy energy can't be created or destroyed, it's like, it's constantly changing forms. And it's that idea of like how energies are bouncing off of each other. Um, It's definitely something I'd like to explore more on this show because I think it does affect our relationship to each other and also our relationship to our environment, so how, what yeah. is the connection between auras and the natural world, for example? Why, can you explain it through auras? Why, when we go to nature, we feel
0: so much better? <laughs> yeah, I definitely, well, I think that, I mean, I have my own little mini theories on that, but um, I think that you're, I mean, they, they say there's like a, a percentage of radiation that literally ex- comes out of our bodies. Yes. So like, this is science and auras. Combining together, you know, and um, I think that part of the pr- like problem with big cities and places that we have all these kind of like almost congestion of energies, you mm-hmm. know, from the and I think that because we live in, you know, I could like it sounds so weird, but like maybe because we have cement or buildings that are just like kind of bol- like bouncing it back mm-hmm. onto us, and for us who are Im- It is. I mean, definitely with the sun. Absolutely. It's not absorbing
1: it like the ground does. It's not porous.
0: Yeah. And it's not giving back. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. I think when you're in nature, it's like you're giving, it's giving back, you know, you're breathing in oxygen, carbon monoxide comes out and like the plants are growing and, and, and grass has, I, I just think there's more of a cohesive bond that happens and we feel it, you know? And I think that It's just funny to say these things now because, again, like, only but, like, five, six years ago, I would have been like, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? But there really is a connection. And for me, it took going through a pretty intense loss to really kind of settle with myself and be quiet and hear it and feel it and sense it and know it, essentially. What do you mean by that? Um, Just... To be able to go through something, and tr- I lo- just to be not like transparent, I lost yeah. my mother. Mm-hmm. And that to me, you know, losing a parent, it will always, I really believe it's probably one of the biggest losses, losing a of child, course. losing a parent. Of course. It's just a process because you become so much more aware of your morta- mortality mm. in this way that's, yeah, it's just, it's very strange because you're you're kind of like next in line. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're the next to kind of like go through that phase of your life. And oftentimes I think we're protected by our parents and we kind of have this like facade. Or we, feel that you know, way. we feel Yeah, it's <laughs> a definitely a facade yes. of protection and when it's gone, it's gone. You know, yeah. and there is a healing process that happens within and you know, and I find this with a lot of with a lot of healers and a lot of um people I know who are really good at what they do they've gone through something like this Mm -hmm. very traumatic yeah and I really believe it's because you kind of go through these like all these different processes of grieving and then you're just left with kind of an emptiness and nothing but that's where like the magic happens Hmm. that's where your heart and your soul can kind of like connect all those veins to like the earth and our minds and our bodies and And you can just take the information in and be, you know, I heard this the other day. I thought it was really fascinating. It was about confidence and how we have this idea of what we think confidence is. Confidence is, you know, I'm great. I look good. My hair's good. I'm calm. I'm good. I'm (laughs) feeling good. But confidence is like looking at yourself from the outside and just being cool with every bit of you. Yeah. Self-compassion. Self-compassion. And just like. Walking the room and not caring what like we so often we do things for others, you mm-hmm. know, and that's not, your ego, yeah. And I think that when you go through a traumatic loss, at some point, your ego is just like stripped mm-hmm. away. And but again, I think that's where the gift is. And I think it's one of the the blessings of going through that. You know, it's like providence in that sense, like, I mean,
1: I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but maybe, like, I think um, Tony Robbins always says love life, happens, Tony Robbins. <laughs> life happens for you, not to you. And yeah. I wonder, you know, if there is a bit of a sense of peace in knowing that like out of such a tragedy and something so immense, in some ways that created a pathway for you to come into your own and maybe yeah. like that was the gift that your mom absolutely i think that there's something really magical about thinking that way.
0: oh there really is yeah. and there are gifts in that and god what is life if we don't examine that yeah. you know and i think i'm kind of glad a little bit of that skeptic in me died you know and i think sometimes people would look at the situation and maybe be like oh you're just losing it <laughs> you know or like you just think that because all these things happen. no but it's, you know, and I think for me, it's like, for instance, my husband is like, so not a spiritual, like, he's, he's a great guy. He's like, he always What's says. What's his energy? He's, what he, has his a lot color? Of, he has a well, it's funny, actually, we got our auras photographed and everyone always says we're complete opposites, which we are. I'm like, I'm our extroverted and he's like really quiet and like not social and like has a lot of anxiety around social settings and things like that, but he's extremely creative and extremely compassionate, but very, very logical. And anyways, we got our auras photographed. And they were, like, I think we should put a link so people can see them. Because yeah. it's insane. They are complete opposites to the each end. So <laughs> mine has, like, pink, purple, and then it had, like, this kind of line of um, gold and or, like, white. And then, like, a big shade of, like, gold and tan at the top. And his was golden tan, like, uh, white, purple, pink.
1: Oh, interesting. And it was,
0: and if you look at him, it's just like yin and yang, but balance. he's, yeah, balance. Yeah, he's very, uh, he always says like, you know, he makes a joke, his favorite movie is uh, Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. So he's always like, me and God have an understanding, <laughs> which is like kind of his philosophy on on life. And But what's been really interesting is that he does, uh, He does like get it and I don't like when I say things I kind of always like say them like okay well I know he's gonna say something but he's always says like positive things back like yeah yeah no I get that I understand that actually so it's nice to have a a partner who supports it who is really logical but still is grounded you know. There you go. He's, he's
1: your skeptic that you can test things on. <laughs> exactly. Well, when did you discover that you could see ores? When was the first memory you have of, of this? Was it yeah. from childhood?
0: It's from childhood. Yeah, from my childhood, I saw them a lot. And I have a memory of telling my father and my dad being like, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you think you were imagining things at first? You know, honestly, I think that I was such a, I was just like a creative kid in general. I didn't know what to think. I think that's like the best part about being a kid, is that you don't question it. You just see it, mm-hmm. and sometimes it would freak me out. Like I had, there were situ- there were a couple situations where I s- saw it around like darker images, like things around certain people, and mm-hmm. you know I, I wish my mother was still here because I would love to like reexamine. She rem- she was there for all of these moments and. And anyways, um, you guys, if you don't know, I just hit the wire. I'm like, I'm a hand talker. (laughs) Anyways, I would love to be able to ask her about those things because, you know, she was also very supportive of it. But, um, you know, her being so intuitive, you know, I remember being a child and like hiding behind my mother when certain people would talk to her and the way I would feel around them and. Um, but I also have these really strange memories of like riding in our car and quote staring at the sun
1: but like can't you go blind that way
0: <laughs> yeah definitely but this is how I justified it as an adult but what I would see and I remember the feeling so vividly but I would look out the window and I would see like these orbs just like floating towards me and like moving in this huh. really interesting way and always like yellow and warm and light And I remember being a kid and like being in my car seat, like looking at this, just feeling like entranced by it, like so beautiful. And I don't really know what that is or what I experienced, but a lot of my experiences with seeing auras were very much like that. It was a Hmm. feeling and then a seeing kind of thing. Um, But when I was a teenager, I kind of just like started to be my own skeptic and, you know. Pushed it down. Pushed like we it all down. Did. Yeah. And then it wasn't cool to talk about that stuff, you know. And um, when I went to college, I went to an art school in Savannah, Georgia. And, you know, I started to see colors again and experience those things. And I did kind of a fun study for my color theory class on light and colored energy. And it kind of got me back in touch with that. But I would jokingly, like, go to a party and be like, oh, let me read your aura. <laughs> like, I'd have a drink or two, and, you know, that I would yeah. read it. And sometimes people would be like, that was, yeah, wow. Wait, what? But I never, ever thought I would, like, ever make it a career. Is you the, know? Is the
1: only way that people can know their aura to do a reading? Or can people figure it out
0: somehow? I think I think you could definitely kind of pinpoint your own energy. But yeah, I think that takes a very gifted person. Like, yeah. it's... I mean as a I feel it's important to seek out others. Mm-hmm. You know, other healers, other people yeah. to guide you as well. Yeah, of course. I I mean I yeah, you can, but I think it's important to kinda again have that mirror held by someone else. You know, just so you can see everything and it all comes to light. You know, it's like it'd be like sketching out a picture of yourself versus just holding like looking in the mirror and seeing yeah. every little detail. Yeah. And I think when you go to someone like myself, you know, our our gifts are there to serve you. Totally. Well, so this podcast is all about
1: finding ways that we can achieve more harmony and joy in our life yeah. by connecting with the natural world. And the natural world in essence means nature, but the podcast is called our nature because yeah. in my from my perspective, we're all part of nature, like we're being as a part of the natural world. So what would you say is something that we all can do and to work with our auras and just understand how to balance ourselves? Like, is there anything that the listeners could try? Um, Maybe it's just going to see you for a reading or maybe it's just even learning
0: about the aura colors. You know, I think there, it's a lot simpler than we think. It's, Finding something that resonates with us, connecting to it, and kind of putting all our energy into it, just for a moment and enjoying it. Like, you know, you and I were talking about how you got excited about Ayurveda, and what did I, I said to you, uh, I was like, I bought a book (laughs) about Ayurveda, Ayurveda, but I'm just not there because I'm so in other places of transformation and reading and learning and growing, and I think the way we can know ourselves best is by finding things that light us up and forever working on our education and our craft and our understanding, but having that desire to, to essentially better ourselves and grow and expand and not pigeonhole ourselves. And I think when you go to a reader or you go to a therapist or you go to get a massage, whatever it may be, you're you're just taking a moment to acknowledge you and to kind of say i'm a human i am here i'm present i deserve to do this i deserve to grow and expand and connect how do you stay grounded
1: to that point how do you know you're you do you ever get overwhelmed by all the energies especially living in new york do you find that yeah. when you're in nature and there's just the same aura, I guess, this yellow aura all around, do you feel a lot more centered?
0: Definitely. I definitely feel a lot centered. I feel there's just like a buzzy, busyness that just forever exists if you live in a city. Just like (laughs) it's just like you can't ever shake it. And so it's nice when you go into nature or you like get out of that car, you go hiking and you're just like, oh yeah, there it is. Yep. It's here. It's quiet. It's the breeze. It's the wind. It's the it's the birds, it's the smell of the dirt. I just, those things just are so grounding. Um, But for me, it's, it's having a sense of humor is so grounding, you know, (laughs) like being able to laugh and play and, and to think critically on things and to not take ourselves too seriously is so important. You know, it's like, that's why I think when people ask me about auras or they're skeptical, I'm like, great, you should be a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's important for life, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, another question I have is just do you see clusters of auras in certain places? Like, mm. does New York attract? I, oh, I went to an astrologer once and he said, Do you speak money? And I said, no, just in the sense of I'm not, that's not my number one driver. And he's like, get out of New York. You know, he's (laughs) like, that's not your city. And, you know, I've been thinking about that for a while, but I just, it's a money city. And so does it attract a certain type of aura that's predominant?
0: Oh, yeah. So I definitely think people are attracted to certain areas because of who they are and their energy. And um, there's definitely, you know, it's interesting like you think about when you're a kid and I think maybe you can relate to this coming from a small town that you know like maybe you dressed a little bit differently or you know yes I did yeah (laughs) (laughs) I remember I had a dress I got from the thrift store it was like uh covered in it was like a taffeta dress with butterflies on it and part of one of my classes um assignments was like you know, poetry in motion or po- like some kind of like, you know, similar to that kind of thing where we had to kind of come up with something creative that had to do with poetry. So I decided to take this $2 dress and I wrote poetry all over it. And i like like, it to school. And I remember just being like made fun of so, But then it ended up being like on display at the school library, which was great for me because I was like, this is me expressing myself. Very and created, magenta of you. <laughs> yeah, very magenta of me. But I always just felt that kind of like that feeling. I know so many young people feel or even people that are just a little bit different in yeah. a place that's a little bit more. So what is New York? What's the pronoun? Oh, it? definitely more of a magenta, yellowy, intro, like extroverted type energy. Mm -hmm. you know where it's like that but it can also kind of suck the life out of you too Mm -hmm. depending on how you protect yourself or take care of yourself and your energies which is why you know it's it's not for everybody it's just not a city that's for everybody and that doesn't make you weak or bad or there's nothing wrong like you didn't fail if it's not for you it's just not for you you know it just doesn't jive or mesh with who you're meant to be and who you are And that's okay. And sometimes it's important. I think we get set in an idea of who we're supposed to be or an energy we're supposed to be living, you know, the hustle, the move, the go, the go, go, go. And the reality is it's like that might not be you. And maybe the reason things are happening is because you're not tuning in. And I feel like I'm like talking to you a little bit like about this too, because I know we've talked about this too. Like I feel that way in the city sometimes, you know? Um. But I think that, yeah, there are definitely certain types that are attracted to the city and that thrive really well, especially creatives and things like that, you know. How many colors do
1: you see? Like, and how many colors are there that you typically see?
0: Yeah, if there's, I, listen, if I see yellow in one person, it doesn't mean it's the same yellow I see in another person. It's So you see shades of yellow? Oh, yeah. Pantone colors? Yeah, definitely. But they definitely tell a different message, you yeah. know, and, and I think... The more I study, the more I understand. For instance, you know, you're, you were saying um, about you know particular types that get attracted to certain places. I did readings at a fashion event over market um, a couple se- like two seasons ago, mm-hmm. and I sat down and did these meeting readings. And what was really interesting is everybody had this like yellowy orange energy present in them, mm. but it was like right over their left ear, over into their consciousness, like s- just like kind of not okay. Not a good energy. Not a good energy, and but it was very similar. Each mm. person would sit down, and I was like, and I finally pinpointed that it was just stress, and it was just like lack of sleep, and it was definitely more of a physical energy that was present with right. all of them, and almost an attitude. Not like I mean, no one was having a bad attitude, just like we're all in this together kind of thing, mm-hmm. and so the energy was kind of being nurtured in mm-hmm. a way, <laughs> which. When they're all wanting to get rid of it, but it's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go home at eleven o'clock. I'm going to get three hours of sleep, and I'm going to come back and do this at eight a.m. Right? You know, there's a mentality there, and there's a a flow of energy that is going to be present. So, yeah, I do think like in situations like that, or if like I'm at a bachelorette party and doing readings, you know, there's definitely different types of energy that are just present in that moment. Does a dominant energy take
1: over other energies? Like if a person is an alpha female. <laughs> does, yes. Does that alpha female then absorb, you know,
0: yeah, over dominate the other energy? So, you know, there's set listen, there's always people that are going to be brassier and bigger than us, but there's a difference between someone who is sure of themselves and brassy and big and like true to themselves, you know, yeah. versus someone who's going through something. Yeah. Needing to be dominant, needing to like, kind of control that part of them, and then they do exert that energy. But I don't necessarily think that is that person all Mm -hmm. the time, you know? Which is why I think when you come to... I don't experience that because the people that come to me are already kind of making that conscious decision to, like, step outside of that person and make change and, like, really connect to who they are, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I wanted
1: to ask... About each color, but I feel like because yeah. you have to go to a reading to know. I, yeah, I'm not sure.
0: Oh, there's definitely like things that like each energy kind of has like a one big thing that. Could you go over them really quick? I'm trying to think yeah, on the spot. Let's see. So, yellow energy is always it's a very it's a very physical energy. Like people that I meet with yellow yellow energy usually like to be very physical, and it's important for them to be very physical because it keeps them in line. With their energy, it's what, you know, I mean, it's in, for the science folks out there, you know, that energy resonates better with dopamine. And that's where they get it when they exercise. And then that's what's going to keep them optimistic. And then that's what keeps them kind of at that higher vibrational level, social. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very, they love to learn and read and, and expand in that sense. And our yellows are very intelligent. Um, But we all possess these different qualities, but there are just some things that kind of the pieces go together, Yeah, you know? And if you're not exercising or taking care of yourself and you are a yellow, you know it Mm -hmm. because yellows are also very, they have addictive personalities Mm -hmm. and can get like their highs of highs or can be just like their lows of lows, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But just by going on a simple walk or run can help them immensely. And then, like, for violets, oh, I love I love violet energy. Oprah's a
1: violet for, for What's everyone that? listening. I think Oprah's a violet. Oh, yeah.
0: It's a visionary. It's someone who can see things and experience things in this way that none of us can and can know the outcome. And, like, almost as if they can feel the outcome. And they're very great natural manifestors. Hmm. And I think, you know, that's, like the number one thing with manifesting is like visualization and feeling it and, and seeing it and this and that. And I'll tell you a funny story. I, as a kid, I've always felt like I would audition a lot and I was an actor for a long time. And when I was younger, I had this theory that if I imagined it, if I saw it, yeah. I wouldn't, if I did see it, then I wasn't going to get it. Oh, and it was like a bullshit, bullshit belief system. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, that I had around it and it wasn't true. You yeah, know, so yeah. But that's that's violet energy, and then I would say like magenta energy again is just like nonconformist, Don't give a, magentas are probably the easiest to identify, huh. just like walking down the street, <laughs> okay. just because we we tend to show our we express ourselves differently on the I outside. I think it's interesting
1: that we're both magentas.
0: Yeah, well, we both have it. <laughs> it's you have a combination. I have a combination too, but um, I think that yeah. I think that's why we get each other. Magenta and what's my other one? And well, then, can t- you explain? It? Turquoise. We talked about turquoise. turquoise a little bit, but we talked about that being a transitional shade. Mm. Did we talk a little bit about that, like how it, I thought it was a bit of a mix mm-hmm. of energies? So maybe that might be the energy you're you're kind of expanding into. So, mm-hmm. so for those of you listening, we talked about how she kind of had a little bit of this mix of like blue energy from her family. And blue, we'll talk about blue. Blue energy is... I thought you said green energy. Well, no, green and blue make oh. turquoise. Okay, okay. So for you, it's like that blue energy being kind of your values and who you are, and that green energy kind of being who you're becoming. And the mix of the two is this beautiful spiritual color of turquoise. Mm. And turquoise um, are, it's a very, very, very grounded, spiritually seeking... Almost, um, I always say it's like the ohm energy. Mm-hmm. Just like that great energy that's present and and good. But I turquoise I definitely think is one of those energies I'm still learning a lot about. Mm-hmm. And uh, indigo is another color I'm really learning a lot about. But I don't see them that often. So it's not like I'm like forced to happen. So mine isn't going to be turquoise forever? It's I don't know. We we would yeah. have to see. Okay. We'll I mean, it's what's happening? Yeah, we'll see what Maybe happens. Maybe that's
1: what I'm going into, turquoise.
0: I'm not sure. I think that's the... I definitely think that's what's kind of happening. Um, but let's see. What what's we, indigo? Indigo... So it's funny. I get a lot of mixed messages on indigo from the books that I read. So some people say indigo is like one of the oldest energy colors, and then other books I read say it's the newest <laughs> energy <laughs> oh, color. Okay. So, but... <laughs> I think my experiences with it is that it is kind of a newer energy. It's it's like the the like Steve Jobs of the world. It's okay. it's like it's like indigo. It's visionaries in that violet, and then there's like indigos, and those are people that are like that changed the world, mm-hmm. changed the world, you know, mm-hmm. by usually a craft or a skill. Disruptors, perhaps. Yeah, disruptors. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But are able to kind of like. They have such a mix of all these different things, like the sciencey brain, the intellect, the, you know. So I don't know. I, I'm kind of on the fence that it, it's more of an, a newer energy. And I love Edgar Casey. He's one of my, like, he, I've learned so much from him and his writings over the years. Um, but Edgar Casey, I don't, do you know who he, he was called the um, sleeping psychic hmm. because he used to go into, a trance and he would tell doctors how to operate, but he had Whoa. never gone to medical school. <laughs> and it's very strange. The he actually, life stuff, he was oh, no. channeling. it's so fascinating. I mean, the stuff on him is just incredible. He's like from a small town in Kentucky and like grew up in like the 1800s, 1900s. Um, but he's like the founding father of like reading aura's and what it means and how it can help us. Mm. But anyways, he used to do this and uh, he actually lost his voice Oh wow. For many years and finally went into a trance and was all a sudden able to communicate and then told the doctors how to operate on his throat so there was like some kind of tumor or something that was blocking so they removed it and then he could speak again. It was so it's so fascinating stuff. Sorry. But um sorry, I don't know what that tangent was about. Anyways, <laughs> it's about going back to like color and like types of people. So I think that in the Orange. Orange is a very physical energy. It's intense. It's um, a risk-taking kind of energy. It's an adrenaline junky kind of energy. It's uh, facts or facts kind of energy. And I often just am taken back because it's strong and it's so, I'm so careful and everything I think about is, you know, our choices I make are thought through and this and that. And I'm I'm impulsive. A brazen energy. Yeah. I'm impulsive in my own sense, but I think that I'm a little taken back by how impulsive they are and and um if fiery. Cool. Yeah. What about red? Red energy is also falls kind of in that same spectrum, physical energy. But red is usually an energy I don't experience it as someone's innate energy all the time. Okay. I experience more like a Big change that's happening in their life or transition. You know, when we see red in like color psychology, it's kind of an energy that's like you know gets our attention. I Means stop, pay attention. You know what's going on. Um, again, I find that red reds. I do have. I've had maybe three or four reds that I've met in sessions. Um, <laughs> they're always looking to like solve every problem, but they want to solve it like overnight. And they're like, what what do I do now? How do I do it now? Like, you, it's, like, so, it's so fascinating to me, and it's just kind of, like, I'm already pretty high vibrational, and I I talk a lot, in case you guys haven't noticed, <laughs> um, but, like, when I'm with a red, I'm, like, okay. Interesting. And they kind of, like, clump every problem into one, mm-hmm. and it, like, I find that reds usually have a lot of more, like, physical things going on, like, heart problems mm-hmm. or high blood pressure or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in Ayurveda, we would call
1: it high pitta. Yeah, high pitta. Which is fire, which is red.
0: This is red. Oh,
1: see? See, there's a
0: connection. Yeah. What about greens? Green energy is funny. Um, we all have a green in our life. We all know a green. Greens are like the kind that like... They already know what you're going to say, so they'll cut you off. <laughs> just, But that just like... I know that's like one thing that describes them, but it says a lot about greens. They just... They have to be stimulated a lot. They're usually... People that are working in business or like working with numbers, or very black and white. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, very black and white. Um, but I love how these are like bad. These aren't bad traits. Mm-hmm. Like greens are also the like the first ones to res- like um, gravitate to nature. Oh, they love nature and they usually love saving the planet, interesting. which is which is interesting because you'll find that those are like often. Have you ever met like someone I? that's like a business person that's kind of like given up that life. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like eating granola and riding their bike every day and like recycling everything. Like that's the kind of, that's a green, you know? Yeah. So they're just shifting their efforts and energy, but they're also very good at like solving the planet's problems. I wonder if, um,
1: uh, uh, who's the guy at Blue Hill Stone Barnes, um, Dan Barber. Dan Barber, yeah, he's the chef at Blue Hill Stone Barns, and he's just—he is disrupting the food industry. Yeah, he's always like, just but real high intensity, a thinker, always Mm -hmm. you know ruminating about something. But he loves nature. Yeah, he has a farm up there. It's—it seems like he might be a green energy.
0: Yeah, I would definitely. And if he's, um, it's funny because greens like put really high standards on themselves. Like, mm. that's why they're usually so successful. mm mm-hmm. um, But they also are their own worst critic. Right. And I don't see a lot of greens in my sessions, but there are some that come through. Well, because I don't know if they would yeah. be as
1: interested, maybe. Yeah, I no, don't know. No, it's true. They're just, they're analyzing. Or, they don't get it. Yeah.
0: They don't get it as much. They're like, I don't understand. Yeah. This, like Because this spiritual stuff is a little bit like, it's not as tangible. Mm-hmm. Um, But I do. I love greens. I love them. I like, and oftentimes, see this is the other thing we know. It's like that's innate energy, but you can still have green energy that's present in totally. you. Totally, it means different things. You know, like green can also mean transition or change. Mm. Or like when I got my aura photographed last, it was very green, and I was moving into a new shift in my life. And you know, so and aura photographs
1: are just. It's like capturing your energy
0: of the moment. Exactly. And sometimes it can capture your energy, but, you know, it's like, think of it this way. I I, I wonder, because I know someone doing a study called uh, 12-Month Aura, where mm-hmm. she's studying, like, auras for people over 12 months and oh, how they really? change.
1: I was really fascinated. I used to do that for myself. That's so funny. I would go and get my aura photographed every couple of months just to see.
0: Yeah. It's, <laughs> no, it's good. But I think... You know, if you go to a yoga class or you, like, go to a meditation class, you, you feel very, like, zen. I think, It's going to be different. I think it's going to be different. Now, getting yourself to Chinatown and still keeping that zen all the way there, well, it's kind of hard. Yeah. So I think that we just, energies are present with us. I think it's more physical energies that are captured in those moments.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Did we, are there any
0: other colors that we didn't go over? Oh, there are, but... Um, Lavender energy is one that's different. I don't see it all the time. Again, it's like a little bit of mix of like white and violet. Um, lavender energy is like very like extroverted energy, very like whimsical, very like kind of like the woo-woo energy, mm-hmm. you know. The, everybody knows the lavender who's just like a little bit out there. Mm-hmm. But they bring so much joy in, and life to us i don't know i appreciate them but they're like a del- they're like the fairies of mm-hmm. the you know delicate you want to protect them they don't always like to come out yeah <laughs> totally but yeah i think there's a, there's several others but i think those are probably the biggest ones
1: that you see yeah, yeah.
0: well thank you is there anything else
1: you'd like to share um no <laughs> come see and you know, come it's, to you think, for an aura reading yeah I definitely think. so um, where can people find you? yeah
0: you can find me at aurawarenyc.com and I I primarily um, built my company off of your self-expression via how you dress and for me I always say you know you have to come and have a reading first and foremost but my work I do outside of readings, you know I love that we talked about this today because it's just like getting into depth of what what this work is all about and this is kind of where the wellness connection comes in and and the self-improvement is we come we do that work and then we use that to express how you dress how the world sees you and it's just playful and fun like i'm supposed to
1: wear orange
0: yeah, and I know we talk about colors that are important. Yeah, definitely. Like And I got a mood board
1: and yeah. I'm supposed to wear orange, which is which is not motivating a color that no.
0: a lot of people wear. Um Yeah. But it's a risk taking color and it's a color that um, you know, you what, what we talked about in your life, it was like what's gonna bring what's gonna bring in that energy for you. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Cool. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, my last five questions are
1: questions I like to ask every guest. Yeah. It's just whatever comes to mind first. Sure. Um, Trust your intuition. Yeah. What is your favorite
0: place in nature? My favorite place in nature? Hmm. My favorite place to be in nature or just in... (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, I went to Zion and then I went to Antelope Canyon this, like, two years ago with my husband for our honeymoon. And I think that was one of my favorite places to be for several reasons. Um, in Zion, there's, like, all these different... There's, like, desert next to, like, forest next to lush green. Like, it's so fascinating how all of these climates and areas kind of thrive together mm-hmm. perfectly. And I think for me, that was, like... The mecca of balance in nature. So I I felt so at ease and so peaceful there. And then when I went to Antelope Canyon, it was like nature's gallery, like art mm. gallery, and it was just like I love that nature's gallery. Yeah, it was it was just incredible to see and to be in awe of a creator, a place that exists outside of like our own two hands.
1: Yeah. So
0: I think those are my favorite places.
1: What is the animal mineral or plant that you most resonate with?
0: Mm. (laughs) Dogs. I love dogs.
1: (laughs) Any specific kind or Uh,
0: all dogs? dogs. I just, dogs energy in general. What is their aura? Dogs' auras is definitely more of on the yellow side and can be, I mean dogs all, but dogs are very, they're very intelligent. Same with Cats. You know, uh, the cats t- have yellow aura. Uh, cats are a little bit different just because they're a little bit more complex. Mm. They're definitely much smarter than dogs. I'll give that to them. <laughs> no, I love cats. I love dogs equally. Um, but I just, no, I just love the vulnerability dogs have with us and the openness and like how they almost forget all the bad things that happen and they just like, you get a clean slate over and over again. I don't know. Dogs and, are like, great.
1: Yeah. What is one thing we can do right now to connect with the natural
0: world and bring more harmony into our lives? One thing we can do to connect with an, I would say just sit down with a friend and like remind them that you see them and you hear them. I think it's sometimes as simple as that. You know, if we, we as humans, it's it's just lonely sometimes. And I don't think we talk about these things, I think that we live. In our heads more often and I think just to check in with others and talk to them and tell them how we're feeling and unapologetically you know not sugarcoated, and it'd be okay too like and how does that connect us to the natural world I think it just connects us to each other which makes us feel grounded Mm -hmm. which then in turn opens up all this other space to be fully connected and help and expand, you know, because if there's, if there's inner turmoil happening in us, you know, there's nothing we can do to help the natural world. There's nothing we can do to, you know, leave this earth a better place. But if we can heal, then we can heal the earth, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, we're all connected. Yeah. What is the greatest lesson nature has taught you?
0: Oh, that life is not just one season Hmm. that storms are going to come and go and that is just part of it and they might wipe away everything but the surface is still there and the will to rebuild is always still there
1: complete this sentence nature brings me
0: life joy peace (laughs)
1: Thank you. Thank you. This was wonderful. Thank you for sharing all your knowledge and expertise and wisdom. And Thank you. Thanks thank, for having me. Yeah. You just listened to an episode of the Our Nature podcast. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review it. Thank you so much for listening. Stay curious, and I'll see you next week.